Hey, welcome to the Pissed Out Podcast. I'm your host, E, a.k.a. Our Money Bags, and I got the pit crew with me. I got my man, K. Ego. What it do, bro? What up? What up? What up, man? And I got my man, J, a.k.a. Rose McCray. Tell him what we do on the pod, man. All right, man. That's where we shoot the shit, talk about everything except politics. Facts. <laughs> Stay in our trouble. Yep. <laughs> Today, we have a very, very, very special guest, man. Um, I've worked with this uh, young lady before, man. Um, good peoples. Hope she unmutes her mic so she can get on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then we got to unmute the mic. We got to get that going. But uh, yeah, so now I worked with her before, man. Um, she actually entered, she actually had me at her conference. Uh, this was in 2020, right before the pandemic, man. It was a great experience. Shout out to my man, Grayson. And uh, yo, good peoples, man. She uh, good spirit, too. So before we get before we get to it, let me go ahead and do the intro, Miss Helena Jimenez. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, hola everyone. Thank Welcome you for having me. I'm so glad Welcome to, to the be show. here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, thanks for coming through, man. This is uh, it's gonna, it should be a good one, man. I, I I know what you're about. I know what you represent, and I know you like to have a good time and have a good conversation. But yeah. you're here to promote an event, though. Yes, yes, absolutely. So as you already mentioned, um, you and I, the last time we saw each other was as the at the 2020 um, Shifting the Paradigm Back to Humanity Conference, which is the conference that I am here, the event that I'm here to help promote. Um, the event is coming up this Saturday, March 2nd. It's in Edgewater, Maryland. And I think the beautiful thing about that, the conference is this right here. It's about promoting um, community. It's about bringing people together, bridging a gap between communities of particularly of color or of an indigenous um, background. And so I think that, and being able to maintain those relationships beyond the conference is what is what the, the platform is really all about. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So first of all, I think uh, McCree had a question on the, on the conference. I had to get started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how did you get started with that? So Ali and I, um, Ali Simmons is um, the co-host. She and I are co-hosts. We came up with the idea um, several years back, and we had started getting uh, really active in the community, doing um, you know activism. And we just saw at the time that there was like we particularly had an appetite for um, the voices of people of different communities. Um, And so, you know, there's a lot of hype on the news and we hear about the media all the time about how they like to shape a particular narrative and they like to paint communities of color in a less than positive light sometimes. And so we were looking for environments and we were hungry for an environment where we could hear from different communities of color, particularly, as I mentioned, indigenous peoples and get firsthand accounts about things that were going on. And I'll give you an example, right? So back when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, which as I mentioned earlier, so I, I don't think we mentioned it on the on the recording uh, once we started, but I'm Puerto Rican and Dominican, um, 50-50. My dad's 100% Dominican, my mom's 100% Puerto Rican. I was raised in Puerto Rico though. So my parents still continue to live in Puerto Rico today. And when Hurricane Maria... So- so quick question. When you get mad at your husband, what side come out? I'm sorry? So when you get mad at your husband, what side comes out? <laughs> you know, we we're, we have really short fuses. I'm I'm really, I 
I'm really easy going. I'm a chill girl until I get pissed off. <laughs> can I say that? When I blow a lid, when I blow my lid, like everybody goes, all the cucarachas go running. It's like, it's like flicking on the lights. In the middle of the night. Look, I grew up in New York City, so we were exposed to all kinds of stuff. You Fair flip enough. on the lights, and it's like all the cucarachas go running. When I flip my lid, it's like that same experience. Everybody goes running. The husband goes this way, the kids go that way, and so. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, you know, I think it's part of my my indigenous Caribbean spirit that I really am like just chill. I like to sit back. It's like my Puerto Rican nature, just sit back, enjoy something cool to drink, listen to music, um, and just like vibe out. That's our vibe until you have to kind of, you know, until you're forced to basically. I think that's right, part no, of sure. I think that's part of our issue. I think that's part of why we've been exploited with that we have, you know, the original Latinos. <laughs> All right, yeah, we can talk about that, but yeah, so back to all right, we, we got off track, we got off track, for, but how, how you and Ali, how did y'all get started with uh, humanity? Uh, so, yeah, I think it was just a time, um, where I was talking about how when Hurricane Maria hit, um, hit the island, you know, they were without power, they were without comms, they were without water, they were without anything, and we here were hearing certain things on the news, right? Well, at first, we didn't hear anything on the news, and I had to rely on social media, social media platforms, and quickly different spaces were created online um, by people trying to gather information. And so once the news, the mass um, news outlets started to pick it up, we knew that the information that was being shared with us was not the full picture, was not the full story. Right. And so we were getting the truth from the people on the ground that did have minimal access and were able to share and post information. So we knew how dire and how bad things were right. on the island. And just during that time um, and prior, Ali had, and I had always been talking about the need for spaces for communities of color, of different cultures and backgrounds to come together and share with one another in an attempt to bridge the gap, bridge the understanding gap between us, to help us realize that our struggles are basically the same, our desires, our hopes and dreams, we're all human beings and we all pretty much want the same things. And so right. we had a hunger for that and we were not seeing it. We were not yeah. seeing. So shifting the paradigm back to humanity um, was birthed as an annual conference that serves to bridge the gap between black, red and brown people is how we refer to it as. And we do that by centering the challenges we face in our lived experiences. Mm -hmm. And so we created the conference for several reasons, right? Um, we created it because there was a need for connection and growth. Um, we couldn't find spaces that focused on collective indigenous communities and culture. We wanted unfiltered firsthand accounts of the challenges that people were facing. We didn't want to rely on corporate media sources Forces. We needed an environment where we could reclaim our voices and narratives and share them openly and freely. And we wanted a setting where people could bring what they had to offer firsthand. And so hence the 
we got together and we decided let's start this speaker conference and let's start networking and meeting people. Let's divide and conquer. You go your way, I go my way. And we're always meeting people and stuff. And we're both very outgoing and we, we both love culture. We both love people and communities of color. And so in our respective lives throughout the course of the year, we come across different people and then we bring them forth and give them an opportunity to come and share their voice at the conference. And so Yep. This year we're coming back after four years. The last time we were together is yeah, February of 2020. Yeah, no, and when I say man, it is a humbling experience because you get to meet people that you might not every day meet, you right. know, and people with uh just different perspectives and different views and different uh challenges that they had to face. But everybody, you know what's so crazy about it? Everybody is humble. I've I, everybody that I met at the conference, everybody was so humble and cool. And they was just, yo, it was like, I, I would imagine it's like a calm Woodstock, bro. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was. It was like a calm Woodstock. It was like everybody With was no cool. alcohol or drugs. Yeah, yeah. It was a calm <laughs> Woodstock. It was peaceful. Everybody was chilling. <laughs> and you get to network with people talking about things. And it's like, oh, so. And then, like, I don't know, man. It's just, I, I yo, you got you to gotta go for yourself. That's what I say. You got to go for yourself to experience it. And we had is it always in Baltimore? Is it always here? Or do y'all move it around? So far, it's always been in Edgewater, Maryland. Um, you know, we we it's not a we don't have sponsors. That's something that we're working towards. And our dream would be to eventually take it and have a national event, um, right. even global event. But for the time being, it's only ever been in Edgewater, Maryland. But we would like to take it bigger if we would get people and but it's important right it's one of those things that you have to balance it out because if you have sponsors now all of a sudden you have to you have to take ownership and responsibility for those sponsors and who they represent and their audiences and so we're a grassroots organization so ideally we would rely on the contributions and donations of the community of the people to help keep this event going but since we started it Ali and I have always funded it ourselves we put forth mm. the 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 money up front to rent the venue to hire a caterer to um to get the things together to host the events eventually we would like to be able to pay the speakers something um but we we have not really been able to do that so our speakers come and they just they come with their their own voice and what they have to offer and it, that's like it's a donation of their time and so we, we try to honor that and we try to make up for um, the expenses through the ticket sales for the event. And so, uh, I mean, it yeah. sounds dope. Sounds very authentic. It doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't sound like you say when you get your sponsorships and things like that, depending on the sponsors, you do have to be mindful of, you know, what they promote and what they like to see, how they, what they like to be associated with. So, right. you know, being able to do it the way y'all are doing it from the grassroots and continuing to grow it. Obviously y'all doing something great because y'all continuing to do it. So obviously y'all are reaching the people that y'all need to reach. So. Well, it takes, it really, it's difficult because th that's one thing, right? When COVID happened, then we knew that we couldn't come back together because that they were just mm -hmm. not supporting. We couldn't gather. And mm -hmm. so 
with the people's fears of, you know, the spread of COVID, we, we really, we held off until now. And this is, it's been four years since that conference. Right. So this is our first time coming back. And it's, it's really like we're starting all over again, because over the course of time, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And um, so we're starting all over. And I know there for myself personally, I'll share that, you know, transparency here that I had my moment of thinking, is this something that I want to, need to, should continue to try to push forward and push forward with. Um, but now more than ever, um, my brother uh, just passed away in December. Oh, and we are, as a family a are still... Song. Thank you. Um, we are still as a family waiting for uh, the final results from the chief medical examiner of Baltimore to give us the cause of death. He was in police custody at the time um, of his passing. He walked in there on a Thursday. It was a, something associated with uh, child. He had gotten behind on child support and he was carried out in a body bag on Monday. And so we're still waiting on on the full details of what happened. And so, you know, obviously it was for me, that was a reminder of why we need platforms like this, because there may come a time where I may have to reach out to the community, right, for support in helping me push um, push the, the, the county to give us answers and responses in regards to what happened with him. Right. Um, so I, I, I'll leave it at that. That's really all I feel comfortable sharing. That's more than nah, I had. Hey, nah, nah, hey, 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 look, hey. that's heavy. That's heavy. Nah, it is heavy, but it was a reminder. Yeah. I, he's a, he's a Brown man, right? He's a black man. And so it was a reminder to me of why we started um, shifting the paradigm back to humanity conference and the importance of continuing to push forward, even if we have to start over. It's been four years and, you know, people that had been there in the past to support us are, are not there now. And so we're, we just have to start all over again. Um, and just, and, and just start from here. We're not starting from scratch, right? We have some experience under our belt. We had never hosted a conference before. So this was the blind leading the blind. And I, I know that for some, some people don't like to hear that, but I think it's necessary to say it because we are just normal everyday people. We were before that and we still are now, but yeah. oftentimes so many of us see um, the challenges that we're facing in our community and people talk about it and they talk a good game, but they don't do anything about it. And so this was our way of doing something about it and bringing people together in hopes that those people who are out there and want to help make the world a better place to give them a place to come to that if they don't feel comfortable and they need ideas or they need support or they need encouragement, give them a safe space that they can come to to figure out their next steps. Nah, for sure. Hey, look, that was one of the things uh, that I found interesting about it, too, was uh, everybody was open. Everybody was open. Nobody uh, really didn't hold back for the most part. Everybody was open and pretty much transparent about what was going on with them and where they were at in their journey. So that was that was an interest. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think that might have been uh Grayson opened up about sharing something that was very personal. I didn't even know about him until he said it on the until he said it in the conference. I'm like, oh mm -hmm. wow. But but that's the kind of platform it is, though. And it also, I feel like 
you're doing yeah you you and Ali are doing the work that needs to be put in because a lot of people front and we see it a lot of people do it just for the for the gram or do it for the like y'all I don't even think y'all did y'all even post a video of it when we when you did it the first time so um usually at the event we'll have a photographer or someone who's taking right. pictures and um taking some video and they will uh, we'll upload it to our Facebook page. So we have a Facebook page. We're very like, <laughs> it's just her and I, we have other jobs, other responsibilities. Um, but so that's really the only place that we um, share anything to. And so, yeah, so that's inf that information, that, that stuff is out there. There's pictures, there's few yeah. videos. Um, one thing that I always get asked about the conference is why don't you guys um, like make it virtual and put it up online and stuff like that. And for us, honestly, the one of the main key features of the conference is bringing people together. And it's just right. not the same. Right, right. It's just you not know, the same. Right. Right. And, I, and, I, and I can I can honestly say that I wouldn't have got the same impact if I just, if I just would have watched it on a video. Yeah, right. Right. And when you're on a video, right, sure, you can share your experience, you know, you have your speakers and they come in and they speak, but it's different when you're in an environment and right. you're right. not being recorded and you're right. able, you know, that or, or, you know, people take videos and stuff like that, but the, it's not out there for everybody to hear every word you have to say yeah. or every challenge or the details of those challenges. And it's just, it becomes like a sacred space. As you yeah. mentioned, Eric, Grayson opened up about something very personal to him that he may not have shared if we were streaming live right right yeah nah exactly and i yeah. think that's that's the key that and that's the good thing about it like you said it sacred it's a sacred place so that's where you, oh. you just you can open up and have it have it after you have a good time too but it's, it it makes you comfortable so um what's your target audience is it um male dominant female dominant uh age uh group youth teens young adults middle age or is it every is it for everybody what's the it's for audience? everyone we allow um it's we allow people children can come there it's free for them to be there we're, we're very intentional intentional of making sure that if people do bring their children that the speakers and everybody that no one feels like oh that child needs to be quiet someone speaking like no it's like this space is for all of us and we have literally had babies on up to elders every and every age in between men women um other uh that identify as other genders um i sorry i didn't mean to say othered <laughs> like that you don't, you, don't, you don't know sometimes you gotta yeah <laughs> and so you know but it's very so we always start the conference with a land acknowledgement acknowledging the tribe whose land who original tribes of land were standing on during the conference we we practice indigenous spirituality uh through some of the opening ceremonies and um drumming and su such those sorts of things we it's open and so anyone who has something to offer doesn't matter what your culture is it doesn't matter um but it's focused on people of color indigenous communities of color is the focus and and we have every like everybody it's open for everyone though here's the thing like a lot of the white people we get a lot of white support they want to be in the space they they want to see um, they want to be supportive. We have our allies who show up and they're like, how can I assist? 
do you need a donation? Um, where can I support you in this space? And they're willing to do that. They're willing to take a back seat and allow us to lead, to hear our voices. We have people in politics and government in the education system um, in law that have come, have either spoken or have been attendees of the conference. Because again, they're hearing firsthand um, the challenges of communities of color. They're hearing real stories. It's almost like, you know, like anthropological, right? Because you're hearing the stories firsthand from people themselves. And so at the end of the day, you can look at the different speakers and you can gather and make your own um, assertions about what's ha really happening in these communities because you're hearing it from people in, in their respective communities. And so this year, my focus is going to be um, the morning half of the conference is uh, focused on Puerto Rico, Borinquen. And so it'll be Borinquen Discourse. We have two speakers that will be streaming live from Puerto Rico. It isn't an open live stream of live stream um, event. It is not. They're just streaming live from Borinquen. And so I'll have them there. We're going to be talking about some of the uh, challenges that they're facing in Puerto Rico. We have a male speaker and we have a female speaker, and we're going to be touching upon their respective experiences with, you know, the female speaker, like around misogyny and that machismo still showing up, how it shows up, um, what issues they're running into. We're going to be talking about the real estate market and what's happening, how, you know, the land is being bought up and just oh, a lot yeah. of different things. And so that just goes back, right? And they identify mm -hmm. as indigenous, mm -hmm. they practice an indigenous um, lifestyle, but you know that the Puerto Rican indigenous people are not federally recognized. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I see, I see, um, go ahead. E. No, go, 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 go ahead. Now I, I see a lot of passion in your voice when you talk about your platform and um, as you know about Pit Stop, you know, we told you before we started, you know, what the idea of Pit Stop came from, from my late friend, um, Ronald J. R. Pittman. Um, what was the one thing for for you and your and your partner as far as what drove the passion to get started? Because I think like what would fuel that light, what would turn that light on is is yeah. what's going to take you far. Right. It got to so be something. It got to be something that flicked right there that made you just want to do it. Um. Well, we wanted to bring up. We wanted to bring change, and as mothers, mm. as women of color with children of color, with boys raising future black men of color, we knew that there was, we want to do our part and it takes everybody. And I think that to be passive in, in this day and age, to be passive means that you are contributing to the problem and not the solution mm. by just, and talking does nothing. Having an opinion does nothing. It does nothing. Yeah. So for us, you know, our, you know, our children were growing up. And I think that when you start to really acknowledge that your children will be walking out the door one day and you start as, as myself, right. As a mother, um, I, I'll, I'll speak to my own experience when you realize that they're going to walk out the door one day. And I started asking myself two questions. Have I prepared them enough for what's out there? And how am I contributing to the experience of that bigger world that's out there? And I had already had a calling on my life and had been doing um, deeper personal spiritual work for years, um, hence my Execute Your Destiny platform. And so I was very uh, 
aware, rooted, and already doing the work, already doing the work. But when I started recognizing that one day my children were going to walk out the door and what were they walking, what would they be walking out into? And had I prepared them for that and recognizing the need for spaces where people could come and develop their leadership, develop their voice uh, and, and, and and where we could go to hear the perspectives of people that live in a different culture than than what we were living right and it, these are our neighbors maybe our neighbor in the county you know in the next county over or in the next state over or when you're hearing something on the news and you were hearing when we were hearing about the Dakota access pipeline right um how did y'all feel about that as y'all were seeing, you know, the, the, yo, the hey, you know what's, Ellie, I don't want to cut you, but you know what's crazy about that? I, I remember I was in a bar talking to a, a Native American guy, right? And yo, when I saw the passion in his voice talking about the Dakota pipeline, like I had, I had knew about it, but I ain't, I didn't really pay deep attention to it. Right. And when I saw the passion he was talking about, we had the bar, mind you, we had the bar, he started crying. I mean, he's breaking down crying. I'm like, I'm at the bar, like, oh, ah, wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't know, but yeah. <laughs> but just to see that, that it really affected them like that. Something that was going uh, 5,000 miles over here, but it really affected him because yeah. he was people, though. And I was like, damn, man. So just, but that, but that's what the conference is about, though. I mean, the, the, so, one, thing, the one thing I found out real quick, the more, the more that we, Act like we not a, a not the same. We well, the more we are alike, bro. Everybody really trying to do the same thing for real, for real. Mm -hmm. But the most part, we want to feed our families, take care of our families, just live our life, man, and try to be and and have some have some kind of success and morals or whatever you want to have it. But we just trying to live our life, man. Take care of our family for the most part. We don't want mm -hmm. to smoke with nobody, man. <laughs> yeah. And most people don't. Most people just want the freedom to live their their lives and and to have the prosperity and um, you know, and just the, and to optimize their their lived experience, right? And so I think most people do. But when we ignore what's going on next door and the challenges that are being faced next door, eventually, what's going on over there is going to work. It's gonna, and it's yeah, it's gonna come to your, yeah. your side too. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Jay. And then so with the uh with the conference and everything like that, how did how do you get the buy-in on like um I heard you over talking about how you have other cultures there, other races there, things like that. How do you get the buy-in? How do you get them not, not to be angry when you hear certain things? How do you get them to sit down and like sit down and listen to one another? How do you get them to kind of like almost collaborate in that space together because like I said, uh some of this stuff come derived from anger. Once you start talking and you start putting it out there, um, from what I'm hearing, like I hear the passion, you said other cultures are there. How do you get them to understand what's going on in that space? I uh, love, I love this question. And this here's question, the thing. Mm -hmm. I taught you well, sir. <laughs> I love this question. Here's the thing, right? We want that. That's what's necessary. We need to quit the false pretenses and we need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm 
right? When you hear someone speak of their experience and you hear them get angry and you hear them get upset, it's uncomfortable for them and for you, right? And we need to sit through that. You need to be able to sit and see, um, Grayson, God bless him. Eric, just like you sat at the bar with that man and he started crying and getting, did you not feel uncomfortable? I did, but I sat through it. I made it through it. Hey, look, and then, hey, look, we had a shot together. We brought it together. We brought it back together, though. <laughs> but it also educated you, too. Like, it, it oh, taught yeah, you yeah, more yeah. about it. Yeah. And it brings out your own humanity. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And at the yeah. end of the day, I think that's what the being yeah. in human being is. Mm. Okay, I like that. I it's like about that. sitting in just be, like, just be. And I think that that's how you honored that person. That's how we honor one another. When you come to me and you share something with me, instead, of, so in this space, we don't monitor people's feelings. We don't monitor people's, we don't try to regulate people's feelings. It is a sacred space, safe space, right? And we allow that person to be heard, to be seen for the fullness of what they're seeing. If you are triggered in some way, shape, perform then that's you need to now get your little notebook that's on the table when it happens that's your work note to self why am i triggered why do i want to calm him down or why do i want to uh um argue against their point or their perspective or their this the the name of the conference is shifting the paradigm back to humanity we are human beings we need to learn to be able to observe and to allow people to feel what they feel without trying to regulate them and we need to be able to feel what we feel and learn to regulate ourselves to do that so now that execute your destiny part right that my my shadow yeah, worker comes really in good. it's like you have to be able to have that that sense of awareness that you can say wait a minute i'm starting to feel some type of way and what what type of way is that let me write these things down and let me kind of unpack for myself why i'm feeling that way and is there and sometimes that feeling some type of ways because there's something that you need to do maybe we need to show up differently maybe we need to there's some action that we need to take but we need to allow and that's what the space is all about it's about allowing it's about hearing people's stories hearing their challenges and holding space, recognizing that their lived experience is a very, very real experience for them. And that, hey, I might be facing the same challenges in my world and didn't really realize it or see it from their perspective. You know, you have a lot of people, one of our speakers this year um, is a, he does, um, he teaches indigenous Caribbean um workshops where he teaches about indigenous culture throughout the Caribbean. And one of the things that I learned from him, because I attended his workshops online, and he'll be talking about some of this, is that as a, as a people, as a collective people, we were always moving. Mm. We were always migrating. That's the culture of the islands is that, you know, trade and commerce required that they that they were always moving around throughout the Caribbean. You know, right. so it's like most of them weren't specific or always in one specific place. Right. So when you think about that in relationship to the migrations coming from Central and South America up to the U.S. border, right, up to the U.S. border or the lands that previously were Mexico, too. 
right? right? right. The border, they just moved, mm-hmm. the border was shifted. So yeah, it's like, it, it's look, we find more black people moving moving abroad now too, though. Uh, more African Americans are moving abroad now. Like it's a, it's like a a real thing now. Migration kind of like some a lot of African Americans are moving to other countries because of because really, the racism in America. I really think that's the reason. <laughs> I really think that's I'm gonna retire abroad when I retire. I'm, I think I'm actually I'm thinking about it myself, too. bro. Like I'm really yeah. thinking about moving abroad, man. Yeah. yeah. And what countries are you guys looking at? Or what? I throw some throw some. Just I was looking I'm, at Belize. I'm looking in the Caribbeans. Like, yeah, I was looking at Belize. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my main one was Belize. Well, chill, so, chill, yeah. chill, chill has has a few spots out there in Belize yeah, too. I mean, we talking about it. Yeah. yeah, I just, I just, for me, you don't, I don't have to live there. I just want to travel and, and experience other cultures. That's my biggest thing because, like I said, you don't know anything until you see something else. So, for me, I want to travel the world and see. You know, what I'm saying, like, hey man, what is it, is it the glasses, man? I've been telling you since I, I would say probably about a few months ago, man. I, this guy has really changed. He said some things out of his mouth that I'm like, this is not the guy. This is not the same guy. He brand new. Yeah, he brand new. Where's all this coming from? You don't know. Maybe because you the gassy, bro. You got some out of it. We we I haven't seen this guy in a while. Oh no, it's just very, very, very mature. You know, very. Yeah, man. Hey, rip me out the plastic. I'm acting brand new. You know what I mean? But nah, but I definitely want to travel. One of our partners now. His name is CJ Charlie. His name CJ. He's actually out of town now. I think he's friend of the show. Yeah, he's a friend of the show. He's a, a big real estate guy, uh, and he's actually um, he's actually in Singapore right now, and uh, for his birthday, his 40th is actually in a couple of days. So he's in Singapore. He's traveling over there. So he's seeing that side of the country. I have a young, I have an older lady that runs with me, and you and she 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 went on a 45 day trip. Damn, like, and it, and it's like when you hear that, it's like. Like I never thought you nothing like that. Like I don't have vacation. No, no, she's retired. No. Oh, okay. But like she like she's in, but like I mean, she got some things that she's done. Like she's in her 70s. I want to say uh mid-70s, late 70s. Uh yeah, she I mean she done ran a marathon. You know what I'm saying? She's traveling, like she's traveling the world, like and she's traveling like when she was like, Yeah, you know, I had to take extra clothes. So the when she wherever she traveled, she had to take warm clothes. And hot clothes, like and summer clothes. It was just crazy to hear it. Like, and I just like when you start thinking about that stuff and like understanding other cultures, how they live, what they go through, and things like that, or what you see when you you go to these other cultures. Like when we all go out of the country, like when you go to Jamaica, when you go to Puerto Rico, or well, not well, when you go to DR, you go to these other countries and you see that they need our dollars to survive. Like you talk to somebody in Jamaica and they tell you, Oh, yeah, appreciate you because with this money, I'm gonna be able to get my head done. I have my head done and a month or two, and you like that's something that we look at and say, Man, I get my like, I get a haircut every week, or I get it, you know what I'm saying, every two weeks. Right. So it's just like I said, that's why I was so interested in what she was saying, and especially with the other coaches. Because, like, I remember my first time going to the African American Museum here in uh DC, and I seen I seen more of every other culture than I seen us, 
You know what I mean? They want to learn so much about us and things like that. And, you know, that's why I was asking that question. How do they, when they come and do they learn or when they speak their perspective on what they see? Because like you said, television, you know what I'm saying? It's what they see, you know, Instagram and things like that. And, you know, I just wanted to know, like, once they sit down with, you know, the culture and, and they're engulfed in it and see what it really is. And you can really say, man. That's not true. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, that's not true. Like, stereotypes is, is, is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So just that's why I was asking that question, man. And I appreciate you asking it like that because it does give a person an opportunity to vent. It gives them an opportunity to open up. It gives them an opportunity to be vulnerable and things like that. And it gives you and it gives the person to be the real them, their core. And show, mm-hmm. they, and show who they really are. You know what I'm saying? It just strips them down. I think that's pretty dope. I think it's a pretty dope thing because, like I said, you're never going to open up if you don't believe that the person across from you or the person beside you is truthful. You're going to always keep your God up. You're going to always show your representative. So to see that y'all able to get these people to strip down to their bare self is amazing. Because you give them the space, right? That's what the whole point of it is. One of the things that we do at the start of the conference is we have like the um, the the sticks that the talking stick that we pass and it's like when we give you the stick the floor the speaking space becomes your space your sacred space it's not mine as the host it's no one else's it's yours and it's about your message your experience and what you choose to share and you know for i don't know about you but outside of this space here like has really helped me to open up and expand the way that i see people and human beings right Mm -hmm. because in terms of our um native american uh communities like a lot of us are far are very far removed um socially from that community some people will say i've never seen a native american other people are moving in their midst and don't even know it and won't even recognize them won't recognize those things or or you feel like you know our parents used to watch you know the westerns back in the day and you would see that like the cowboys and the indians and all this like really stereotypical stuff they've had white dudes playing indians that was crazy (laughs) (laughs) come and think about it right they did they had like blackface dog like like, that was crazy bro white dudes playing indians bro yeah. yeah, and then in this space, when you get to actually talk to people up front and everybody's there because we want to have a shared experience. So we all want to share something and I want you to share something. So I might be willing to share something, but I also want to sh- you to share something. And one thing that I think um, I, I started doing a lot of travel uh, starting the year before last and um and I've been going to a lot, a lot of different places and intentionally putting myself in spaces that I'm not real familiar with. And what I've one of the things that I've come to learn is, especially now, like American right, be, culture. Be careful. We want to keep want to keep you here, though. Be careful just doing it. <laughs> be careful. I'm sorry. Going to random spots uh, you don't know yet. <laughs> I want to bring up an, inter- an interesting point because I see it in Puerto Rico a lot. 
Um, I see it in PR a lot. And when I've traveled to other spaces, people want to travel the world, but they really don't want, they're really not open to experiencing the culture that they're moving into. People will want to fetishize, you know, fetishize is that, am I saying that correctly? I might be botching that word up, but romanticize countries, cultures and stuff. And people want to go somewhere, but they don't realize when you go somewhere, you're going, you're entering someone's home. This is their, this is where they live. It's not like stop acting ignorant, right? Because I've seen it happen where people have this idea, right? Like I'll, I'll use Puerto Rico as an example where you have certain people that will go down there because in their mind, it's like they're going to vacation and party and they're very disrespectful in the way they're carrying themselves Mm. because they just want to go somewhere and be buck wild. I mean, because that's what's, that's what's shown to us. You know what I mean? That's what we see. I mean, all over, you can say the TV, you can say uh, movies and stuff like that. Movies, you know All that's control. All that's control. I mean, yeah. They want they want you to see what so, yeah, want. but you know it's all a big thing because you know everybody needs a dollar bill to circulate too. So at the end of the day, like if I can get your money because our dollar holds a lot of weight, I can get it down. I'm gonna show you the the perfect beaches. I'm gonna show you the palm trees. I'm gonna show yeah. you all these things. But like I said, that's why we go. So you go because and then it's all about somebody else's experience. So if Eric ends up going to Puerto Rico and he tell me, man, I went to this place, I stayed in this resort, man, you gotta go this that and the third. I'm going on the mindset of what Eric said. You know what I mean? Right. And you're going to try but to do the things that Eric said. Mm-hmm. But understanding the, the the culture of the environment that you're walking into is yeah. a huge part of the the tourist or the travel experience. And sometimes people are traveling, but they're not really traveling to have a cultural experience and they don't recognize. And then they have a bad experience. I've seen it because I've read the bad reviews and it's like, you don't realize how you just created a bad experience for yourself because you walked into an environment, you're talking to people crazy. You're, you know, first of all, like, and I'm going to use Puerto Rico for an example again, because I'm from there. I'm there all the time. It's hot. And listen, and most of the people only make minimum wage. They ain't trying to be running around back and forth, killing themselves over no 875 or whatever it is they make in an hour. And you're going to be acting a, a full expect, you know, it's like expecting people to give you five star Waldorf Astoria service when they they like, I'm just trying to make my 875 and go home and you it's right. gonna, and it's too hot. I ain't got time to be running so, around. I'm going to give you water. I'm going to give you a little water. I'm going to take your order. I'll be back. I ain't going to forget. I'll be back. Yeah. But chill, because it won't be in five minutes because I ain't running around like a crazy. It's too hot for all that. <laughs> Sidebar, too. I, I was in Puerto Rico. This was probably almost 15 years ago, but I had a great time and a great experience. Like, we we did the excursions, but we took time to go see the rainforest. Like, I saw, I saw flowers in person that moved. <laughs> wow! <laughs> like, 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 just moving. Like, I'm like, I never seen nothing like that before. Now, I'm gonna like, tell you, yo, the funny thing about like when you travel, yo, if you want to see the, if you, you want to see the land, you want to see where the natives stay, how they move, whatever. Just take yeah. the bus. <laughs> take the bus. Mm-hmm. I'm real shit. Take or, the bus. <laughs> or, 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 or go during the week and get up early in the morning. Yeah, yeah that's like, it. Right, <laughs> go during the week and you get up early in the morning. And um, that's something that, you know, I still have to realize to this day when I travel that 
I'm on vacation. Everybody else is not. Right. That's one. Right. That's the one thing that I had to realize. Like, yeah. I'm on vacation. You know what I'm saying? I swear, Americans can be so, so ignorant sometimes. Spoiled. We'll go to another country and be like, ain't nobody speaking English? Don't have an attitude. No, don't. We don't have an attitude. And they're like, did you not know where you were coming? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, but that—that was—that was a. That was a we do that in our own states. We do that in our, <laughs> yeah. going to the state. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, just saying. Yeah. Well, that—that that was a memorable experience. I, seeing the flowers move, telling me the history of the, uh, of you know, the, the places we were when we did the hiking. I seen this dude took rocks, rubbed them together. And then he it turned to like paint, like red paint. Like I'm like, how do you do that? Like it's just stuff like that, man. Like just yeah. memorable stuff. Like that was by far the most memorable thing of that trip, other than you know the excursions. I, I forget, you know, I did jet ski, but that right there was memorable though. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to go back to one of my places. I want to go back to man. I I took it. I didn't take it. I took it for granted when I went because I went to. Uh, we did a tour of Mexico. Went to like Tulum, the Mayan ruins, and stuff like that. Uh, then we ended in Cancun, and I was so fixated in getting to Cancun that I kind of negated all the other stuff. Yeah, I was like 17 yeah. when I went there. I was like 16, yeah, 17 when wow. I went. And now I think about it, think back now, like, oh shit, I was at the Mayan ruins. I climbed all the way to the top. You can't even climb to the top no more. They only just do it. Yeah, you appreciate right. those things. You appreciate. Yeah, but now I appreciate. It. I got a picture at the top uh, of the Mayan ruins, though. It, 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 yeah. Mine was on it. the party, though, wasn't it? My mom was on the. I was seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, I and I didn't even know either. one of the world but, wars were fought there in Puerto Rico too. Like you just reminded me, we we toured that too. Like one of the um, naval bases where they shooting into the water. They they got the cannons right there, and they shooting from the the Puerto Rico land wow. into the, you know the oak. Like, and Morro. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, so yeah, I get it. I mean, experiencing certain things at the old age, like you said, because I mean, like you said, seventeen, you're doing this, but like went to Jamaica and was with the, you know the natives of Jamaica and stuff like that, and saying how they move, like eating side of the road jerk. You know what I'm saying? Oh, side and, of the road jerk. Yeah. Woo! I got I got to go back to Jamaica too. Yeah. By the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the road jerk. I ordered yeah. I ordered a fish at a local restaurant in Jamaica, and I was wondering why it took so long. He had to go get to it. Make this damn. He said, "Yeah, we, we had, they had to go get it. They had to go get it. <laughs> I ordered a red snapper. I ordered a red oh, snapper. Never got that drink. So, Same yeah. thing in DR. Yeah, right, with the DR hanging in the behind them. the wall. Yeah, I'll be there. Like, those things is crazy. Like going to DR and like you hanging in the wall. The kids coming up to you. You gotta watch, but you gotta know how to move still. Like you, like you can't move like a tourist. Like they can smell it a mile yep. away, oh, man. Like yep. it's crazy. And then like just eating certain things, like." So I watching somebody cook chicken like right in front of you on like this grill, like you looking at the grill. How you boom, boom, boom. He give it to you, you be like this, man. Let me get more of that. Can I get two more of those? Can I get? You know what I mean? And just seeing yeah. certain things. And like you said, they ask you, they pull up on we on a boat, they pull up on you on the jet ski, ask you what you want to eat, and then they go back on the jet ski and go get it. <laughs> that is so cool. That's fun. Yeah. That's that why I don't fun. like when I see them kids at 7-Eleven asking for money. People could do that and get money. <laughs> You you need to be creative and get money. Oh no, nah. he asking me for twenty dollars. Right yeah, there's so many ways to get money as a kid, bro. And there's, you, 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 
Yeah, you got the internet, bro. So many ways to get, buddy. I mean, I watch American Greed, but that's another story. But <laughs> well, I think too, um, in regards to like the whole traveling thing and in regards to the conference too, I think um for you guys, you know, I'm looking at three, you know, black men. And what's your experience when you've come across, when you've gone somewhere else, right, to a to a different community? And what is your experience about how you're received or how you're perceived um, within that community? Ah, man. So, you know, as black men, I mean, and that's why the conference is so important, because it gives access to people who may otherwise not encounter certain folks so that you can humanize, you know, Mm -hmm. the the, the experience of these of of someone else and to recognize that, you know, people are, you know, we're just people. And sure, there are bad people, evil people in the world and stuff like that. But, you know, oftentimes, you know, the the black man is is um, the narrative that is sold, you know, in this country and around the world is not a positive one. They don't want to show, you know, people of color, the darker and the darker your skin, right? It's like they want to, they want to oftentimes paint it in a, in a, in a negative light. And so it's important um, these spaces are important for the sharing of your voices, right? So that someone can sit across from, you know, if one of you, you know, obviously as Eric was, um, one of our speakers was here and Grayson, um, that when we bring people forward, it gives you the, it gives others the opportunity to see not just you in a different light, but they may encounter someone else that looks like you and grace might be exchanged as a result of the experience that was had at our, you know, sacred event. So mm-hmm. it's important. Nah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And, and, and one thing it's good for too is uh, also just, uh, I mean, if anything, networking with different minds man and you you'd be surprised uh the things you can get from just getting outside of your box right and being open-minded because i'm mean, hopefully next year we can be speakers i don't know how we can do this elena because eh, i'm ready to well we know we know jay can do it now he he, he hey I, i'm proud of him right today he did a good job today but i don't know about this guy out here k eagle we don't know about him <laughs> He little lie why he might go off the script. We don't know about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, hope we hope we get invited next year to be guest speaker. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they only because if we go if we go to a restaurant and, and and the tables got white cloth on it, white tablecloths on it. Get ready for a ride. It's going to be a lot of laughs, um, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, disappointments, and <laughs> you, know how you, you know you know how your parents used to tell you act like you've been somewhere. <laughs> Doesn't apply to this guy. That doesn't apply to him. <laughs> doesn't apply to him at all. Oh so, man. Hope we hope we can get an invite next year. Um, I don't know how it's gonna work, but I, I maybe 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 we just give him we give him a couple of drinks, maybe it calm down. We don't know. <laughs> it's all good, definitely. 
definitely, definitely. We'll have to talk about that. And, you know, again, like you guys can participate this year. You can come, you can come, right? That's what, that's why we're here is to continue to advertise and let people know, Hey, we're hosting this event. We have our lineup of speakers. Um, I, I have them listed here. I'm gonna go over them really quick. Um, just to kind of cover quickly, uh, who we have, we have Aretiana Gonzalez. She will be, we will be, um, streaming her in live from Borinquen, which is the indigenous name of Puerto Rico, um, before it was colonized and before it was acquired by the United States as a, uh, as a territory of the U.S. And she is a doula. She's a beauty consultant, and she's also a Caribbean indigenous history workshop facilitator. So they facilitate the workshops that help people learn about the indigenous communities across the Caribbean. It's very interesting and very fascinating. She's um, she's amazing. I have a great deal of respect for her. She's a warrior. That warrior spirit like really comes through. Love her. We have um, Brianna Cuffey. She's a political advisor. She's an ancestor connector keeper and she is a community historian so I'm looking really forward to hearing her um, share information about the black community um, she's a historic uh, a historian um, then we have Guatu Santana. He is our second speaker. He will be live streaming from Puerto Rico, aka Borinquen, as well. He's an agriculturalist um, so he you know he's a farmer he he um, cultivates the land. Um, he is a teacher and instructor of the Caribbean Indigenous History Workshops. Um, he is like a walking encyclopedia. He has a lot of knowledge of the indigenous people throughout the li- throughout the island. And he and Aretiana together, they live an indigenous lifestyle. So oh, wow. although they they do not, the island doesn't have a federally recognized um, tribe. They live the lifestyle as if they were. Um, we have Joy Hunt. She is a food sovereignty advocate. She's hey, a registered yeah, so she's a registered dietitian and nutritionist, but she'll be talking to us about food sovereignty and why it and it's important that we understand that, especially in this day and age. You know, during COVID, we saw uh, you know issues with the supply chain and we saw issues with food, and so she'll be talking about the you know the food that we're eating and what what impact it's having on us, our bodies, all of those things. We have Mercia Cummings. She is an Afro Indigenous mental health therapist. She's a mindfulness educator and energy healer. Um, And I can't wait to hear um, what she has to say. I think that I'm going to highlight her because as you all know, we are living in a time where mental health is becoming a crisis in our country. And we're seeing the highest levels of suicides um, across the country that we've ever seen. And so mental health is such an important thing and we need to make it less taboo. And we need to be speaking about um, mental health, especially in places and spaces where um, 
where our men are because oftentimes, especially men of color are the least likely to go to therapy. And I don't know why, because I think it's a great thing. And so well, I'm looking for- uh, this, this is a caveat Yes, yes. And I understand that and I get it. And that's why I think it's interesting that she's um, an Afro-Indigenous mental health therapist and she's a woman of color. So it's important that we have more therapists coming in um, that look like us, that understand our experience and are a safe space for us to work through our traumas and um, work through a better understanding of ourselves. And the, um, and the sixth speaker is yours truly. I will be um, actively oh, speaking God. this year. Normally, <laughs> thank you. Normally, I would. I am a host. Where you right. know, Ali and I are putting on the event, and you know, we open and we close, and we usually have some words to share. But this year, I will be actually speaking and sharing content on the Borinquen discourse, just the bigger things that are going on across the island and bring, raising awareness to it. The indigenous, the the people of the island, that lifestyle. So. Mm. Yo, I want to give another shout out to uh, Amina Gafar. Yo, she's dope, yo. I, saw, I met her I met her at the conference last year. I mean, not last year, but last year at the conference. And uh, yo, shout out to her, man. She went to law school in North Carolina Central. My, my alma mater. Let's go. Hey, shout out to the HBCUs. Shout out to the HBCUs. And she's indigenous too, yo. But she, you know what I'm saying? She's, she's uh, Lumbee. Yeah, yep. So, nah, man. Shout out to her, man. She's good people, she's man. And she uh yo, she 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 does she she does dope work, man. So if you ever get a chance, look her up, man. I mean the good fire. Yeah, I'll yeah. yeah, she's I had her we had her on the show before, yeah. She's dope, yo. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll love to um to come in and, and speak and, and um really like this this podcast is, is really what well, the the, the main mission of this podcast is we want people to leave viewers and guests to leave this podcast rejuvenated, going back into life. So it's mm -hmm. laughing, having a good time, educating each other, a little entertaining. You know, I, you know, I've, I've been entertaining as of late uh, <laughs> uh, in this podcast. You know, normally when Chill's not here, I'm the star. But <laughs> it's you're you know, always a star. You're yeah, always. A star. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nah, but nah, definitely. Um, I feel like uh, you know, with your with your uh, platform, it's definitely, especially with. With the, when you mentioned suicide and things like that, um, a lot of black men tend to deal with a lot of things in silence. And um, when you keep doing that for years on top of years on top of years, eventually you're going to explode right. or, in, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, definitely will be interesting. We got to get up and talk about that, man. Hold on, no, no, definitely, sure. definitely. Um, I, would definitely so I just want to touch on, you know, execute your destiny. All right. What triggered you for that executing your destiny? So it had to be something to be like, yo, I'm gonna do this, execute your destiny. It that it's been my life's calling, it's my life's work. It's it's who I am, it is what I was created for. Um, and I can just say that the more I do my personal work, um, my my personal spiritual work, my personal development work, um, and I look back at my history, I, I believe in something much, much bigger than me. And the more I look back and the more I do this work here and the more I look back, I see how it was, it is who I was always um, meant to be. And it was just that calling was waiting for me to awaken to it and respond to it with a yes and align my willingness with it. 
So what what was it? What was it though? Like what is you know how like you know somebody it could be something to the point where somebody have a near death experience or somebody just the light bulb just pops on in their head or it's just something that you see and 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 it just or is that that ah moment like what was that moment where you knew that executing your destiny was what you were supposed to be doing like what what was that moment so so i was having probably uh i I was having a, a spiritual crisis i would say and i was resisting i was resisting the the surrendering to that experience um so and it came about through what we what would appear to us as a depression right Mm. um and it appeared as this this hole that i felt like i couldn't get myself out of and on the surface everything in my life was perfect there was Mm. nothing going on in my life that would have warranted me feeling the way that i was feeling. And I was pregnant with my third daughter. So I would say that third pregnancy for whatever reason, like cracked me open spiritually. And I remember having responses when people would ask me like, what is the matter? The answer was, I couldn't answer the question. I I did not know. Yeah. And I and the problem was that I was not equipped because of my conditioning. I had not been prepared and equipped. And in order for me to climb out of that hole, I had to be willing to break out of my normal everyday life, what I was, what I believed, what I was taught, um, who I was told I was, what the perfect life looks like and what it's supposed to be and who I'm supposed to be as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, as a, all of these things. And I, it was, I had to surrender to this unlearning of everything I had been taught and open up to relearning and opening up to something so much bigger than me to tell me who I really was. You know, we live in a country where they love to slap labels on us and to tell us you're, um, you know, you're Puerto Rican, you're Latina. No, you're Afro-Latina because you're you're Black. You have an African ancestry. No, you're half Spanish because you speak Spanish. No, you're American. You're this, you're that. It's too much. But underneath of all of that, who was I? Um, and when I started opening up, it was in the midst of like this crisis that I had. I had this um, very, very um, emotional day where I couldn't stop crying. And I remember hearing hearing a voice and this is very typical with spiritual awakenings and these very um life-changing moments i remember hearing a voice that took me back to when i was five years old in new york city in an instant it was like i was back there on the steps of my apartment building and and so i was in my car actually nine months pregnant heading home from work overwhelmed, sitting at a light, could not stop crying. And it was in that moment that I had that moment that took me back to the steps and a memory that I had as a little girl, five years old, in the stairwell, the elevator was broken. I was walking home from school by myself because that's what they did back then. Our parents went from school. I was five, mind you, first grade coming home the elevator was broken. I had to take the steps and I encountered a junkie in the stairwell. Mm. 
and the voice took me back to that moment and the experience that I had in that moment that a voice came and said something to me in that moment when I was five that saved me and that I had forgotten. And it wouldn't, it wasn't until that moment in the car at the light, nine months pregnant, breaking down crying that that memory surfaced for me. And I remembered that that voice and that something bigger than me has always been there and has always been guiding me. And that the journey that I was going to embark on was going to require that I fully surrender and trust that something bigger than me by starting to do that work to align myself here and to surrender myself and my willingness. It's about your willingness to show up for yourself and say, okay, I'm not running from this anymore. I don't care what it takes. I'm scared, but I'm not running anymore. I surrender. And that is what started that journey. And this was 23 years ago, because that child that was in my belly is now 23 years old and is one of the greatest gifts to me. She is a beautiful human being, aside from the experience that I had as a result of what being pregnant at that point with her, what that was doing to me at the time. So anyway. you, 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 you found your destiny in, in, in your pain. Yeah, the way wow. you just explained yeah. all of it that. exposed yeah. itself, it exposed yeah. itself, Ooh. and I had to willingly allow myself to acknowledge yeah. it and say, Okay, there's something the bigger chills. that I have to do here. That's I got the chills when you when you explained that. Like, yeah, right, right. I didn't know how it, and I, there's so much that happened in between that moment and this point but now i'm realizing now it was a journey it was like jumping off one set of tracks to jump onto a completely different set of tracks yeah so we definitely gotta get you back <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah we definitely gotta get you back yo this that yo wow that's the way to wrap up so what we do here for, for one last thing before we get out of here so we have this thing called a victory lab right so the victory lap is like, you know, when we finish the pod, it's, it's like final thoughts, kind of like. So, um, you know, you win your, you, we, we won the race, is over. We had a successful pod. Um, hey, I, I, I was scared because I like, I know how you go. Like, it might be some crying in this. I don't know how it's going to go. I was a little nervous. I, I, was, I was scared. Not You're ready for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, hey, look, as I get older, I cry to drop it down. I'm emotional as fuck now. I don't know why. It's fucked up. <laughs> It's a lot of stuff happening in my life, so now I just, I just cry all the time now. Yeah, and I don't even mind it though. I don't even. I just. I don't even let hold back. Now. I just. I, I look over. I just grab you, man. We had. You know. We had the concert. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of a hip hop concert. <laughs> well, you know, like I'm just like, like still yeah, having a good time, right. but I'm like, oh man, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but you. But, yeah. but, it, but you know what it is? It's, it's just what you said though. You never know when it's going to hit you. Those moments, you don't know when it's gonna happen. It just it can be the most random moment, and it happens to you, man. In the middle of this concert, music blasted, and I had a moment. You never know, but but you gotta have but you gotta have your emotion. You gotta have your eyes open to receive it, though. Yeah, that's the key. But without that saying, and and those that were with you were holding space for you basically standing yeah. in the gap and say creating these two guys right here yeah these two guys right here yeah. that's what's yeah. up yeah, yeah. That's what's up. yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. they they probably see me. They probably see me one of my two most ugliest cries, yo. <laughs> Man, this is uh, what they call emotional availability. Where I love this, which goes mm-hmm. back to dating, which is why we got to get you back because some of these, some of these I people are not emotional you, available. Yeah, yeah, that's this real. Is what the world needs. Facts. So with that yep. said, we're gonna give you the victory lap, man. Your final thoughts, man. You got it. It's all you. My final thoughts on whatever. This is gym. your victory lap. Gym. Whatever you want. Whatever, whatever you your want. victory lap is gonna be. Yeah, you know, wisdom. I, 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 words I'm of wisdom. This. I'm just gonna share. I'm just gonna. I want to remind you all that we are co-creators of our experience. Okay, and that we were created. Um, in response to a need, okay? Whatever that divine being is created each one of you to be present in this moment for a specific reason. You are the answer for something that's needed right now, today. And Execute Your Destiny is the platform that I use and the avenue that I use to help people step into that awareness and to acknowledge it so that they can bring forth, they can open up and bring forth their best, very best, highest self um, so that they can respond and be the call to that need so that they can step into their higher calling and whatever the universe created them for, whatever you were created for. And so as, as a, as co-creators, you know, I want you to remember that you, your, your highest self is um, always going to be your most empowered self. Step into your power, step into your power. It, the world um, needs you to be empowered. So whatever you have to do to be in that space, to stand in your divinity, each one of you is divine, absolutely divine, absolutely divine. And don't be afraid to step into that. Don't be afraid to step into that. That's why you were created and you're worthy and, and you were meant to be here and we want you here. So beautiful. It's not even about me at this point. Like, it's not even like this is I love standing and standing in a sacred space with someone and helping them sift and sort. I always do this because, you know, when you think of archaeologists, you know, they 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 go and they dig dig up dirt and they put stuff into into the net and then together they sift and sort through the contents of what's what's remaining after they sifted and sorted through it and i love being that person who can help create a safe space for you to sift and sort through and find those big nuggets um that you need that are going to help you find um your 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 ability to step into your greater purpose and that that time is now we are living it now the collective is living it now. And I believe that if you feel like you have a calling um, and, and you need to do some work to figure out and fine tune for yourself what it is that you need to do so that you can be in your most empowered state so that you can make the greatest impact, um, then that's the work that needs to be done. Don't shy away from it. Don't be afraid of it. You were created for this. You were built for it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'm here for it. Hey, 
That's why I'm trying to tell my man K Eagle, man. He's built for this, man. You got the ego to you got the ego to do it, brother. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, I'm up for the job, man. <laughs> new way of life. Hey, you know, yeah. But yeah. before we oh, get about oh, here, Jay, tell him where they can find us, man. Oh man, you can find us on all streaming platforms. Uh check us out on YouTube, the Pit Stop Podcast, on Instagram at the Pit Stop Podcast. Um, we everywhere, man. But uh just um this was a refreshing, a very refreshing episode. It's another episode in the books. Um, be sure to follow us, like I said, at the Pit Stop Podcast. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. And on YouTube, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Make like at the I bottom said, of my oh, name. Yeah. Yeah, look at it. Subscribe to YouTube at the Pit Stop Podcast. And like I said, tell a friend to tell a friend. For sure. It's the Pit Stop Podcast. We out. <laughs>